This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And you're listening to Agony Rants. Hello, hello. Joy, isn't it today? It's just wonderful to be here. We've been here three hours. Three hours. We've done absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, that's we, not entirely we're literally, true. Literally, we're wasting everybody's time. <laughs> <laughs> to but, be fair, the only time we're wasting is our own. <laughs> well, no, it's like Christina Aguilera. Do you know what I mean? Like she comes in, and it's like, yeah, we're going to record, but it's like you know, we're going to record about six o'clock in the evening. We come in at ten o'clock in the morning, and we just make everybody, you know, rush around us. <laughs> Just like an entourage, everybody <laughs> concerned about you know if things are good enough for us. Yeah, well, to be fair, your bun this morning it was definitely baked near the sausage roll, wasn't it? Was My bun this morning? Mm. I Not, wasn't impressed. I didn't do it. It said my bun this morning looked like it was going to be absolutely delicious, but it was cooked. It was cooked beside something meaty. Yeah, which is fine if what you were eating was savoury. It wasn't. <laughs> This was a toffee bun, a toffee Chelsea bun that yeah. tasted like a sausage roll. Oh, okay. That's disappointing. Not great. No. Not great. Not to my usual standards, especially now, Neve. that okay. things have really changed. Agony Rants is now, it is now not a podcast hosted by a Eurovision winner and a comedian. <gasps> it is now a podcast hosted by two recording artists. I'm a recording artist now, Neve. Oh, okay. Yeah. I you slipped that one in. I was in, I was in, I was in doing me vocals. That's y- what they call it. Your vox. I have to say, Eve. What was it like for you, your first experience? It was, it was interesting. Okay. It was very interesting because I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where what, you're in a studio? so mortified <laughs> by how little you're bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Ne- no, Neve, no. And they were very nice. What I've been doing is, right, my friend's Naomi Coleman, oh. number number one last week. She's amazing. I have to say, it's a very good track, isn't it? It is amazing. Naomi Coleman has done a cover version of Love Will Tear Us Apart by I Joy know. Division. Amazing. Well she done, Naomi. She's a friend of the show. She is. We love Naomi. We do love her. But I was working with her because we have a mutual friend that's writing a one-woman musical. Right? Okay. And she... Last year, as part of Dublin Fringe, she was like the artist in residence to write this. Oh. And she invited myself and Naomi to come and write a song with her. To, okay. like, so we'll appear on screens in this musical. It's kind of like as part of a Zoom call. Oh, okay. In the musical. Okay. So she'll be doing her bit live, but the, our bits will be on the screen. Um, are you singing? Neve, I'm singing. <gasps> I, la- I, I was laying down a vocal. Laying down the vocal. It's very different in a studio, isn't it? It's very different. Now, I have to say, they were very nice to me, right? Because when we wrote the song, I was like, oh, this is lovely and they'll get someone else to do it. No. More than happy. No, no, no. They were insistent I do it. And and before we went in, like Naomi was saying, she explained about like how you comp, the vocals get comped. Like they, they, they basically can break up the verse and they use, like you do five recordings of the verse and then they take like the best bits. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, you'll be a work it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> they can do it by word. I'm just going to tell you that now. Good. That's very good to know, Neve. <laughs> they can also use autotune quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. She said that it'll be comped and tuned. Oh like, my well, gosh. We'll be testing the limits. The tuning I want is the same tuning that they had on Believe. Do you remember when Cher did believe? Yeah. That's what they need to do to it. Right. Because it's really weird, right? Because when you're <laughs> when you're recording it, you hear it in your ears and you hear it with all like the effects and like the guide vocal, which is like Amory had recorded it previously. So oh, I was wow. hearing that in my ears and singing along. And you were sure that's what you were And I was singing. like, I sound amazing. Listen, I mean, oh my God. I'm like Michael Bolton. 
<laughs> and then you hear it back. And then you hear it back. <laughs> and nine times out of ten in the studio, you're hearing it in isolation, which is you're, really yeah. terrible. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Do you know what the funny part of that is? The level of stress. You, you, you think you sound one way and then you hear yourself and you go, that's not me. Yeah, I sound like a camp tuba. That's what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. And it was one thing. I don't believe that. It was one thing recording like the main, the main vocal. Okay. And I see, do you know what the other thing was? I went first. Oh. Um, so it was kind of, you know, and then Naomi went in and was like, bang, bang, that's bang. That's job. It's yeah, not your job, they were, to be br- fair. Yeah, to be fair. But they were, they were absolutely brilliant and they were so talented. And then we had to go in and do the backing vocals, right? Okay. And I had to sing, oh, whoa. Did you do it exactly like that? Neve, no, oh, wow. I did not. Why? I did not. And they told me before we went in, they were like, oh, you can like, you can record that once and then they'll fly it in. Is yes. that what they say? Yes, they, they f- do. We'll fly it into everywhere it's needed. And I was like, yes, yes, fly it in. I couldn't get it right once. They were literally going saying, oh, wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they were no, 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 just, oh, wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> But my brain was just like, "Girl, seriously, like it, it was one thing, like if I couldn't hear what they were doing, like if I was just like, I know, I can't hear, but I could, I, I knew fully, I knew full well what they were singing, and I knew full well how horrifically no. I was doing by comparison. <laughs> right, I will well, never forget it as long as I live. You know, obviously, I'm doing this a long time, right? <laughs> I will say this, right? Even the best of us, if we get into the booth, especially in your, the, the recording studio, right? Yeah. In the actual booth, you, you're quite isolated in there because you've got your headphones and the tracks and half the time you can't hear what they're saying if they, unless they press a button, right? And okay, so what yeah, happens yeah, is... Yeah, so what happens... You, you got all the, talk, all oh the yeah, terms. All the lingo. Maybe. So here's the thing. You do your vocal and then you see them talking and sometimes it's quite animated and you're like... I've no idea what they're talking about. Do they like that? Do they not like that? Was that good? You know, and you're very vulnerable in that moment. Very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. You know that? And then, and then they hit the button after a very elongated debate or even some laughter, right? (laughs) Or scowling, whatever. And then they come in and they go, Grant, so we'll just do that one more time. And you go, (gasps) Was that not perfect? Nine times out of ten, the conversation has nothing to do with you because, you know, they're just checking their YouTube. Do you just go in and nail it first time? Well, no, I, it's just, you know, it's just, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. don't you be disheartened. I think, to be fair, You're I can give you... you thrilled that I'm shit. I can see it in your face. It's the first time I've seen you this vulnerable for I a long very time. very vulnerable, Neve. I know. Very vulnerable, very raw, very open. I love as, it. As, as, as us as recording artists should be. I know. Did you go home to your partner and he was like, You're so raw. <laughs> Did he say that? Did he say, you're so open? Did no, he try? No, he, he was saying like, give me a number between one and ten as to how it went. And if it's over five, I'll be absolutely astonished. Because <laughs> <laughs> he heard me practicing all weekend. He's like, girl, no. this is not great. No, but I will say, right, Bob Dylan. Let's discuss Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan hasn't a note in his head. No, but he writes Thank you. the most amazing songs and nobody yeah. can sing them the way he sings them. It's probably just as well uh, no, in some but, cases. Nobody could sing... The song I sang, the way I sang it either. So, you know, he made a lot of money, just saying. Yeah, exactly. And he's exactly. revered. Because that's the thing about songs. You know, like when I was practicing, I was like, okay, I'm hitting maybe three notes in five. Yeah, that's a, that's a good average. Which is a good average. But when you're recording it, you see, you don't hear the three notes in five. You just hear those two where you're like, No, I know, because it's there forever. Yeah, I know. As opposed to, you know, live, it's there and gone. You can... And if you created enough confidence in what you're doing, 
or any distractions, it's fine. I, I, like, that's why people learn to tap dance, I think. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, don't listen too closely now. <laughs> I need to get Anne-Marie and Naomi to come and do a stand-up. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. <laughs> and you'll feel so much better about yourself. Exactly. I need to come and do a tight 10 a at one of my shows. Go, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I just thought, I, I just thought, oh, this is a new experience. I haven't done this before. And oh. I thought, like, how bad can it be? Now, as it happens. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't bad. Neve. No, I won't have it. Right. Uh, to be fair, I haven't heard it yet. But uh, <laughs> I have faith. I have faith. <laughs> But I just feel, I feel it's about time that I'm a recording artist. You know no, what I mean? it's way beyond time. I, I'm actually quite surprised that that was your first experience. Yeah. I should have been in S Club 7. I remember even thinking at the time. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I'd have been great in S Club 7. <laughs> Nobody was over-reliant on anyone in S Club 7. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There were a lot of people able to pick up the slack. You, could, you, you would have been perfect in S Club I'd have been 7. ideal. Me. You would have been. I swear to God. Absolutely See, amazing. That was me in my 20s. I was always like one McCarty breezer away from being unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think that's me my whole life. <laughs> Maybe not McCarty breezer, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly what I mean. Gosh, that is an amazing experience. I'm so pleased for you. And yeah. actually, so pleased for Naomi and Anne-Marie, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was an, they were absolutely thrilled to I be bet. working with me. I yeah. can't wait to have that conversation. I know, yeah. Yeah. Nothing but love in I'd that I'd say room. Naomi went straight home and she had a full bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it was quite a week for her because the same week she was number one, she was also recording with me. <laughs> it just shows you. That's show <laughs> business. <laughs> That's show business, baby. <laughs> Nothing's a dead cert. <laughs> <laughs> Real have, roller coaster, the Irish music industry. <laughs> but did you enjoy it? Apart from the fact that it was. I have a ball, Neve. I'm going to do an album. I'm going to be like William Shatner. <laughs> Now, Neve, tell me how your week was. Oh, well, my week was pretty funny because a momentous thing happened in our house. Oh. I know. You yeah. up the duff? No. <laughs> Genie, the level of miracles that have to occur for that to happen. The alignment of miracles is too far. But the, it's kind of close to it, though. Go on. Because my firstborn passed his driving test. Oh, sunrise, sunset. sunset. Oh, my God. <laughs> my eldest, he, you can't rush him through the process. He's like my husband, you know. Okay. They're very similar animals. You know, he prov he applied for his provisional several years ago not to drive, obviously, just to get into clubs and stuff. Yeah, and then, And then, you know, he took the process very, he did his theory before he ever got into a car. Oh, well But done. he took months then before he got into a car. And then he got into the car and, you know, he, he didn't rush that experience either. Slow but steady. Yes, but so we went to this uh, driving test centre and I was absolutely exhausted because I'd been mad busy and I went in and I sat in the thing and I was just sitting there waiting for the the examiner to come out because I had to go with him because he's not allowed to drive on his own being a learner driver at the time. Okay. And of course he was doing it in my car, the new car, right? So anyway, I was sitting and the man came out and he looked straight at me and he went, you're the singer. And I went, yes, I am. And Jack's ah. face at this moment is having a bit of a heart attack over here. And he said, you worked in Tesco the same time as me. I worked there during COVID too. Ah! Fortunately, I was pleasant to him. 
because he took my son out for a test straight after it. <laughs> I remember you well. I backhanded you across the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, what a coincidence. Yeah. And so he took him out. And now that's not to say Jack didn't pass out on his own. But I'll be honest with you, he didn't ask him to do anything too difficult <laughs> from the general right. conversation. And he had a lovely conversation with him all the way around. <laughs> didn't just win the Eurovision. You 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 passed driving tests you for see? the future generation. No, no, no. Back in to Mill be Street. fair, Jack, Jack passed that on his own. He of course won't, he we're did. We're not going to take that away from him. Of course he did. And he did use the fact that, you know, he, he works part time in Curry's. So I think your man's looking for a cheaper telly. But, you know, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know. <laughs> If it's he was all a, very transactional in Northern Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> if he was a bad driver, he wouldn't have passed him. Like, to of be course, fair. of course. He's a very good driver, but it did make me laugh. It is one of the very few times that I have been of use to my son. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course. If only a few gay friends, Neve. I know, I know. If only one of them was gay, then they'd know my value, wouldn't they? Of course they would, Neve. <laughs> of course they would. Anyway, so. He, of course, the next step is to buy a car. Oh, is he buying a car? It's already bought. <gasps> My nephew, who, who got married recently, do you remember I was telling yes. you about that, right up in Donegal, his wife, new wife, the newest Mrs. The new, McGahey. The newest Mrs. McGahey. Right, yeah. she basically was selling her old Seat, so he got it for a grand. Of course, the insurance cost him twice that. Of course, absolutely. But he, I have hardly seen him since. I'm very excited for him. I'm very proud of him. Ah, that's really sweet. <laughs> do you remember how exciting it was when it's you probably first... probably getting Carrick Fergus dogging. Well, so sweet. Just um, a little window. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for him. It's great for him. It's the youth of today, Eve. It's all a bit. It's all a lot less romantic than it was for us. I know. Neve, the road. I am about to go back on tour. <gasps> Glamour Hammer is hitting the road again. I'd love you to come to the shows because there's a, a load left and there's a few more uh, coming up for after Christmas. They're going to be announced soon. Uh, at Baker Street on the 17th of September, I'll be in Carlo on the 2nd of September. Um, I'm also going to, there's a new date announced in Sligo. Oh. I'm very concerned that, because some of the places that have booked me again, it's been there before and because there's been a bit of a gap in between, I don't want people to think it's a new show. It's not a new show till it's a new poster. So if you saw it, no need to come again unless you really want to. We'd love you to come again. But it's not a new show. There'll be a new show at the end of next year. Well, put it this way. If you've seen him, tell the other people around you who haven't bought tickets yet Absolutely. how good it is. Absolutely. If you didn't like it, don't tell anybody. And if you want to get tickets, you can go to the link in my Instagram bio. Amazing. Only shows that have available tickets are in that listing. And also I'm doing some shows in Brighton. I've got two nights in Brighton coming up. They've added another London date. Look at you. And we're going to be announcing a Southampton one soon. Wow. And a, I think, a Liverpool. And a Liverpool. Are, are you meeting? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really helping to. I'm Don't. Helping. I'm going to Don't offer, do it. I'll offer free tickets to Sonia. Don't do it. <gasps> please come, Sonia. Please come, <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Did you know, Neve? What? You can vote for us. <gasps> In the Listener's Choice, to be nominated for the Listener's Choice Award on the British Podcast Awards. Can we? British Podcast Awards, excuse me. Hello. I know quite a few people have written, written yeah, us about that now. People, yeah, it's nice. Um, I have voted for them and, and I love that they do say that. Yeah, thank you so much for anyone that's voting for us. And that we have no really, way. Really nice. I mean, I don't think we're going to win. I, and we have no way of proving that they have voted for us. Absolutely but, you know, not, because we just send the tweet for a like. But, but look, you know, we like, we love them. Yes, so you can do that on BritishPodcastAwards.com. We are pausing for a moment to remind you that Agony Rants is part of the Headstuff Podcast 
Network. Oh, we're very excited about that. The Headstuff Podcast Network is a network based in Dublin. It is made up of shows for the creative and the curious. Well, that describes us That's completely. us, absolutely. Headstuff Plus is the equivalent of Patreon. Yes. So what you can do is when you sign up, you can decide which shows on the Headstuff Network you want your money to go towards. You choose Agony Runs, 100%. Yeah, I was going to say. Forget about all the other ones. It's their problem. They can promote their own show on their own podcast. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. So 100% to Agony Rants. You can donate as little as five euro yeah. a month. You can donate up to 100 euro. More. Whatever you want to donate, you yeah. donate to us. It's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. <laughs> um, and we would love to have your donations. Oh, yeah. They help <laughs> to keep the show going. And I swear to God, we have a lot of listeners, but our heads to plus, <laughs> we are on thin ice. I know. It's it's just about covering the diesel. Um, the show that we are cross-promoting this week is Fireside. Oh, yeah. Fireside is an Irish mythology podcast. Um, your host is Kevin Olahan. And each week he discusses a myth or a legend or a poem. Has he discussed me yet? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't mean Neve Kavanagh. I'm talking about Neve Keenor from Tiernanog. Oh. You see? You see, you jumped to a place I didn't expect you to now. But I, I so, mean, they Kevin. said Irish legend and you said, what about me? And to be fair, you are an Irish legend. <laughs> I don't think it was that much of a leap. Now, no, Neve, no, to no. Be honest. No, to be fair. But, but for n- some reason, Kevin has not discussed Neve Kavanagh and we're going to take that up with him. <laughs> I think, to be fair, Neve Keenor is enough. Right? Neve Keenor is yeah. enough. I'm sure he has, actually. I must, I'll, I'll ask him. Um, but it's a great podcast. Yeah, love it. Lots of people love it. It's been running for many years on Head Stuff. It's a jewel in the crown, as jewel. they say. Jewel. But sure, have a little listen there. Here's a clip. Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Baru and Grainne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, you'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olahan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. Neve, we've got a follow-up. Okay, I have a couple as well, so... Oh, yeah, you got some in on your Instas. I know. G- so you... Give us them. Okay, so, um, first of all, someone called the Doggy Network got in touch with me. <laughs> I know, speaking of dogging. Uh, no, no, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Anyway, just listened to, just listened to the pod with the wonderful at Neve Kavanagh 93. That's if you're looking for me on Insta, that's me. Um, I was genuinely upset for you that you're getting some nasty messages from... Some pathetic losers, apparently. Uh, so we were actually yes, very polite to there, and then she says, F- the arseholes with nothing better to do." <laughs> I am very, very pleased to hear that. Uh, my favorite quote about haters: "Should you ever find yourself the victim of other people's bitterness, smallness, or insecurities, remember things could be worse. You could be them." Exactly. I love you both, and lots of love hearts. Oh, that's lovely! Isn't that and I really love the lovely? Fact that she didn't tag me or anything. No, I just no. It's no. Just, I love the podcast with Neve. Yeah, fair, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, no, but that's fair enough. Point, you know, point made. I mean, you're there. I'm th- yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jen and Black also said, in relation to the Calpol conversation, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our, our conversation about Calpol last episode. Yes, I'm pretty sure we were all dosed up to the eyeballs on TEDx every 
Xmas Eve as kids because my sister was determined to catch Santi. We survived. <laughs> There's nothing more unnerving to parents than an intrepid little curious child yeah. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I know. I know. <laughs> Somebody's going to get Michael Jackson day by six o'clock <laughs> if we have anything to do with it. <laughs> I know. I, well, you know, I have my opinions on that. We're going to talk about that coming up to Christmas. One last one is from Catherine here. And she says, quote of the year from the National Treasure, loving that you use my proper tra- uh, title, when they're remembering me, exclamation mark, I want them to sing the high notes, pure gold, love, love, love it. Exactly. <laughs> And I do. Mm-hmm. We have a follow up. Oh, this was actually about Sinead O'Connor. Actually, I don't know where they were coming from with this, to be honest. But anyway, it says there were many tributes to Sinead O'Connor, but the one you did on Agony Rants was the one that broke my heart. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I mean, I think we attempted one. I don't think we did a tribute. We just discussed the fact that we she did discuss that. And we I'm were not sad. Sure how well, it went. We were sad about it, but we, you know, we were tired that week. We were very tired. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she was a goddess. It was hila- a hilarious mess. Yes, that made me laugh out loud and then burst into tears. I know, because it was real. It was our real reaction to it, I think. Yeah. and I, I think maybe this person was hung over and maybe needs to no, I love regulate their medication. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Groat. I think, I think sometimes when you hear something, you react to it and how you feel. I think that's probably what's happening. It was there. very sad. Yeah, I know. It was very sad. Uh, Neve, we have a problem. I'm, I'm going to read this one. Oh, you read this one. Because, you, you know, your voice is too prevalent on these podcasts. You edit them very beautifully. <laughs> sometimes I'm funnier than I appear. I just want to be very clear. If I'm too funny, he edit that side. Sometimes, you, <laughs> sometimes I'm not sometimes funny Sometimes you stop mid-sentence. I know. <laughs> like, where was the rest of that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I'm paying attention to you. Neve, we have a problem. So, he, see, it's addressed to me anyway. Okay, big fan of Agony Rants, and I was wondering if we, you might give me a dig out with a problem. So I've been friends with one of my besties since we were kids. We went to secondary school together and the same college and now we work for different companies based in the same building. We have always got on really well and we have a great relationship and a friendship that I really treasure. Now usually when these things start they- <laughs> I know, that's exactly it. All that's doing is piling up the wood to pour the petrol onto it. <laughs> just, you just feel it's going down from here. We have always had a similar attitude to fitness and exercise dot, 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 and cake. (laughs) In that, we didn't do a lot of the former and we ate a lot of the latter. In August last year, we both decided that we would go on a health kick as she was getting married at Christmas. We did and it worked. My friend has stayed on it and she has lost a good bit of weight and she looks great and she says she feels great. The only problem is every time she talks about it, I feel like she's attacking me for not sticking to it. I feel guilty that I didn't, but I am fundamentally happy with how I am. It bothers me that she talks about it a lot. I don't know what she is trying to say to me. I know she is not, but it feels like she's having a go of me. I do generally feel like she is a lot happier than she was and maybe a bit more comfortable in her skin than I am. But that said, I feel like these conversations are the first wedge coming between us. What do you think I should do? I enjoy your show so much. Thank you for all the laughs. Cece. Not my real name, but I listen enough to know not to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Cece. That's fair. Cece, you are a proper listener if you know that. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to start with this one. You do this one. I'm going to start this one because I am UCC, right? You know, I'm a woman of a certain um, love of cake and uh, general life. And over the years, you know, I've I've gone through 
many costume changes, sizes, et cetera, et cetera. I've not been a, a, a unaware of it. And I understand what's happening here. You love your friend and she's doing really well and you're looking at that and you wish you were her in some ways. You know, I understand the thought that what you're thinking is, I would love to have stuck on it and I feel a little bit bad that I haven't. And I've come to terms with the fact that I'm okay as I am, but I'm pretty sure your friend doesn't understand that she's actually hurting you by saying those things. Yeah. Um. I think it's okay for you to say to BB, shall we call her? BB? Seeing as BB. She's CC. Yeah, BB or DD. Okay, uh, yeah, okay, wherever <laughs> way you want to go there. So uh, BB has lost the weight and she's doing well and you love your friend, you should be very happy for her. If you're feeling particularly vulnerable about it, you need to speak to her and say, look, I'm delighted for you and I think you look fantastic. I just feel a little bit self-conscious. I think you know at the heart of it that she isn't saying them to hurt you. But the simple truth is that in some way you wish you could have maybe stayed on it a bit more. We all feel like that, you know, and it's not that I'm not happy in my skin, but, you know, I'm happy how I look. I am. I'm, I always tell my friend, you know, but. I have lovely legs. I've got grand. I'm a good looking woman. I'm all these things. But the truth is, if I was a bit slimmer, I'd be delighted with myself. I'm not going to lie. I would, be, I would be just as happy if I was slimmer. I'm not probably a little bit happier. I'm probably sleeping better at night. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> who knows? But the point is, we all know that there are things we'd like to change about ourselves. And your friend has done that and you should be happy for her. And I understand what you're feeling is kind of complex because you do love her. Yeah. And I think it's complicated by that. So take her out of the equation and just accept if you are happy as you are, Cece, then just accept that and go, I'm happy. So be happy for her because she's happy how she is. If you really are good friends, you can say to her, I feel a bit, you know, meh today. Would I'd rather not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's OK to say that and don't make her feel bad about it, though, because she's done a good thing. And as of you. She might be wanting the best for you too because she feels so great. Maybe she wants you to feel as great. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think though what happens in this situation is that your body changes quicker than your mind. Yes. Does. So I think that, okay, she, you see her as looking very, very different. Yeah. But she feels, she still feels like she's the same as you. Yeah. So she still feels that she can, she can talk to you the way you used to talk about this sort of stuff. Sure. But the the fact of the matter is that the, the chessboard has changed a little bit because now... You feel the difference. You feel the difference. More than she does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that she's doing this because, you know, she's trying to make you feel bad about it. I cannot no, I don't for think a so. minute. And, I, I, and I, think, I don't think you feel that either. Cesar. I guess what you've got to do is you've got to make it clear to your friend that you're not on the same page with this stuff anymore. Yeah. And that she has to, I guess, acknowledge that because otherwise it's going to be difficult. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. You see, no, I, think, it I think it needs to start with a conversation with yourself because actually you say that you're fundamentally happy with who you are. So be happy, you know, be happy with who you are. There's nothing wrong with how you are. Yeah, exactly. So be happy in that, you know, and, and admit to yourself. Yeah, actually, I really like that. And if that's the case, then be happy for her for being who she is, because and what she says about, doesn't affect you. Like if you go out and you're having a, you know, you're having something nice and she's having a salad. Yeah. So it's not about... Did you just say salad isn't nice? Oh God, Nate, this I know. Not a salad, I know. <laughs> when someone is like that, it's like I've got friends that are a lot fitter than me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then when you meet them, and then I'm like, am I having a dessert? Yes, I am. I will have that dessert menu. Thank you very much. And and then it's like, oh, but should I? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'd look like them if I didn't have this dessert. Maybe, you know, but all of this stuff starts to play out in your head. And, and it's I not necessary. It's not necessary. And also, if you're having the dessert, don't have the dessert be like, a political point. Yeah. You're like, 
I'm not going, well, I'm having a dessert because this is what I do. Yeah. You have the dessert because you want to have the dessert. Stop Stop having all of these conversations and all of these silent actions. Yeah. Like, they're not chess pieces in this silent war with your friend. No, no. You were having this, all these feelings, but have you actually spoken to her about it? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like what you said. Do you remember you said that thing before about the lawnmower? Yeah, it's a lawnmower conversation. You're You're having this whole conversation and expectation from her and I can see you're warring with it because every second sentence is I'm really happy for her and you know I know she wouldn't mean it but she's making me feel less and actually she's probably not trying to do that you know so if you have that conversation if you're really good friends you should be able to have that conversation I think the other thing that's happened in this is I think she's surprised I think she actually did something that she feels really good about it and she's like I'm actually surprised I did this yeah Like, so she's still kind of going this is actually quite doable. Like, I'm... Yeah. Because the way sometimes that happens, like, that happened to me during the pandemic. Oh. I started running, right? Before I knew I was doing 10Ks and I had a flat stomach and I was like... What the hell happened? I don't know how the hell I did. But it wasn't because I was... It wasn't because I was like, I'm going out every day to run to get fit. I was just going, if I don't get out of the house, I'm going to commit mass murder. <laughs> like, so... It, but so like the, the, the goal boots? was never about getting fit or, you know, no, but it was just this side thing that happened. I was like, look, I've got a flat stomach. Wow. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a weekly bake along and just absolutely and piss all over. sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> but when I you're surprised by something like that, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, like that exercise thing they talk about, that actually does work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it makes you feel great and all these things. And, yeah. and so I kind of get it, Cece. You know, it's very difficult when all that happens around you. And, and as well, if you did it together and you got to a certain point and then she's continued on and you haven't and, and and that's perfectly fine it's actually okay if that happens but the reality is you haven't quite come to terms with that I think that's what I read off this more than yeah. more than you want to be cross with your friend or your friends trying to make you feel bad I think in some ways you're making yourself feel bad about it and there's no real reason for it if you've accepted if you're making the choices that you want to stay and you're fundamentally happy how you are then be happy for her too absolutely you know and, and actually giving her that is is doesn't take away from what the choices you've made. So th- th- I'm not saying, I'm not making judgment either side here. The problem is that you feel that there's pressure on you. Yeah, but there and really isn't. The thing about pressure is, and particularly this sort of pressure, is that the pressure is only there if you accept it. It's, and I know yeah. that there's people that say, you know, well, with social media and all this stuff, this is not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about the pressure in your relationship with your friend. Yeah. And I think that you've articulated your position really, really well in this letter. Yes, you have. And in having that conversation with your friend, you're not being confrontational. No. You're just, you're just actually just saying the way things are. And I think she will be like, God, I didn't realise. Yeah. If this doesn't change things, Tell her. spike her food. You could make things that you say are sugar free. Yeah. yeah, just keep throwing sh- shoe pastry buns in front of her. <laughs> because we all know, this speaking from experience. A shoe bun? The slipperiest thing in the world is being on the back of a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I, it is. I swear, I swear, I swear, the amount of times I've been like, I look great. I absolutely, I'm going to have one cheat day. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not the way it works. Is there another Nothing. Fredo there for you? <laughs> Nate, I will not be shamed. Listen, um, listen, Cece, I hope that helps you. Honestly, be happy. We want you to be happy. You know, that's all that matters. Have the conversation with your friend. I hope, I hope it goes well for you. And I'm desperate for a follow up. Absolutely. Neve, we have another problem. <gasps> Dear Garode and Neve, Garode, I saw you in Vicker Street and it was hands down the funniest show I've ever seen. Thank you. Well, it is. It's great. It's good. Yeah, it's a shame I it's like nearly it. over I now. Do. <laughs> I mean, Neve, the thoughts of writing another one. 
you know, get... I'm just like, good God, where do you start? Anyway. This from a man who gave me a lecture for an hour about doing the next thing. Go on. Neve. Move on. Move on. Don't make eye contact. uh, We had this conversation. (laughs) Neve is going back into the studio. (laughs) She's going to have a song out. We even know the song. Um, We do. I'm bullying her now at this uh, point. It's bullying. That's what's good. <laughs> Workplace bullying. He really is. I will, I will accept nothing less. Neve, if I can go in to the studio. <laughs> I'm sorry I said Anthem. And be absolutely <laughs> incredible the way I was. Write your show. Stop, give, di- you know, deflecting. You can go, Neve. I'm this problem, you. this person needs their problem solved. Of course she does, yeah. And what she needs is Neve Kaplan's recording of How to Fall. Okay, go on. Road. I saw you in Vicar Street and it was hands down the funniest show I've ever seen. I can't believe you're still reading that again. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I went with two of my sisters and our friends and it was the best night out we've had this year. And it's August. Amazing. Just want to say that. Amazing. Neve, you are always, um, you are and always will be the queen of Eurovision. Thank you. So, as you can tell, I'm a big fan and I love AOR. That's us. That's us. I have a problem and I hope you can help me. Firstly, let me say, I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> this is starting out well, isn't it? No. <laughs> that sentence is what's known... <laughs> As a setup. The top of the hill at the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> we feel it's not going to go well it's after this. Well. Okay. She's a kind, decent woman who has been through a lot. 18 months ago, her husband got ill and died within a few weeks. Oh, that's hard. That's very sad. Yeah. We were mostly de- Mostly <laughs> devastated. Mostly? Is <laughs> we were mostly devastated. I didn't say mostly before. That's actually quite unkind. Uh, <laughs> we were mostly devastated. <laughs> My husband is an only child and was very close to both his parents. He was devastated when his father died. So mostly was him. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's that's unfair. Well, no, that's I mean, unfair. People write what they write, Neve. That's, <laughs> that's unfair. Not up to us to editorialise. We're making it. We're ju- making a judgment on the way into this problem now. Come on, but I feel we've already identified what the problem is, right? Yeah. Sometimes okay. you make a judgment and you absolutely nailed it. And to be fair, it is sad that, that when that happens, that's it's quite awful. difficult. Yeah, it's absolutely awful. Like the death of a parent is horrific. Like no matter how awful they yeah. are. Yeah, and he's an only child, so we know what that yeah, means. That's yeah, that's very yeah, hard. That's very difficult. When his dad got sick, his mother moved. I don't know what that means. It means 100% inheritance. That's what that means. <laughs> Behave! There's always a bright side. This Steve. is a problem. She Silver needs her lining. help. She Silver needs her lining. help. Come on, come on, come on. When his dad got sick, his mother moved into her spare room and she has been there ever since. Oh, God. It has been 20 months. A long 20 months. Oh. I get it. She was heartbroken and they are only in their early 70s. It was relatively young to find yourself a widow. I honestly thought last Christmas she would go back home, but it hasn't happened. I feel like she is miserable being here, but has lost confidence. Our house is small. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. It is chaos, and she is constantly looking over my shoulder. I have even considered going back to work because I cannot bear the constant supervision. But it's my fucking house. (laughs) Okay, the gloves are off now. She's <laughs> You know when you start a letter and then you go back to it an hour later? <laughs> you forget the tone you're yeah, taking. you forget the tone. You do. We have never had a conversation about her living with us full time. Oh my God. I have found it hard to broach the subject with my husband. He isn't here during the day. It is me who is entertaining her. She is still treated like a visitor. Says what she wants for her lunch. Oh, Jesus. Says what she wants for her lunch and I get it would never even think to load the dishwasher. Essentially, she is child number three and she has opinions on everything. In short, I want this bitch out of my (laughs) house. 
I know that sounds very harsh, it does, but it's been nearly two years. Yeah. Please, can you help me muster up some courage to get the conversation going? Mm. I don't know where to start or even if I will send this to you. Too late. Well, if I do, don't use my real name. Just call me Ange. My sisters listen, so I'm sure they will recognise my predicament. <laughs> and a big help. And a big help at the end. All in capital letters. Ange, right? I'm going to... This is tough love coming in here now. This is rough. First conversation happens with your husband. Yes. Today. Yeah. Today. Two years is a long time. 20 months is a very, very long time. 20 months. And if your child is one and three, you've had at least one child during that situation. Your hormones are to the left. Your life is out of control. It's all about survival. Yeah, she's had a baby. Yeah. Hello. Actually, maybe, right? Maybe she... Like maybe it was handy to have the mother around when she was ha- when she had the baby. Very likely. Very likely. In some ways, it might have been helpful. Yeah. Absolutely, you need this conversation now. You need to go to your husband, the love of your life, slap him around. No, <laughs> you need to go and have this conversation, but have a deep breath before you do. I can understand you're trying to be thoughtful, but you are entitled to have your home with your children. Yes. There are ways to ease your mother-in-law into our new space. You know, perhaps suggest that your husband takes her back to the house to stay for, you know, and maybe stays with her a couple of days every now and then, you know, an odd note overnight to help her ease her back into that situation. Encourage her to go back to her own space or create a space elsewhere. If that's not an option, which I can't see why it wouldn't be, then you need to set some very severe ground rules. About your home, yeah. Because now, that's she's not there as a visitor. She's there 20 months. Nobody's a visitor. 20 months, that's a really long time. Because especially, like if somebody's staying with you, you get to about six weeks and you're like, oh God, I need this to... Yeah, grief, grief is a terrible home. thing, right? Yeah. Well, you know, there's no doubt about it. The journey of grief is hard. And yes, she's older, but she's probably enjoying being in this space with loads of people. And that's wonderful. And it's wonderful is. and it's helpful. And it is scary to go back into your own space. But you need to be absolutely sorting that out. And you need to have your husband on board immediately. And the problem as well is, right, is that her grief, she's kind of moved on. Uh-huh. And she's in a new space. But she hasn't moved on in her own space. So she still has all of that thing to go through of like being in the house on her own. Yeah. Like that's 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 a thing that you're kind of even keeping her from. Now, I can understand the husband's point of view. If he's the only child and he's like, I'd rather have her in my house than be having to go over to her five nights a week. Okay. I'm going to say this, right? Two things. Go on. First of all, husbands are different. <laughs> Husband's thinking, as long as it's not my problem, I'm not getting involved in it. No offence to him, right? I'm sure yes. he loves his dad, his mum, loves also, his wife. He's, he's out at work all day. Like that's and, a, you know. and you have two very small children. Exhaustion is in your house. right? Yes. It, that's the end of the conversation. The other thing is, we have never had a conversation about her living with us full time is a very telling sentence. Your husband is probably thinking either A, everything's fine because you haven't said anything, or B, is avoiding having the conversation because he doesn't want to have to deal with either of you. So he's also, yeah. and he's also dealing with his own grief. So this is a whole thing, a whole mess. Yeah. You may need to get somebody else involved in this, as in a therapist or somebody who understands about grief therapy. Or a bailiff. Or, 
It might be helpful. Sling your hook. But the <laughs> bag ver- and baggage. <laughs> but the very first conversation, and I'm sorry to be banging on about this again, is you should be having this conversation yeah. with your husband. And the other, because the other, there's two things, right? One, your kid's three. What age do you go into your own room? What? Hello? My, by the time my were one. <laughs> they were in there. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, everybody's different, as we know. Um, that's not a judgment. I'm just saying, yeah. you know. When well, with Neve's kids, when they cut the cord, they cut the cord. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you're able to do it, it's your job. Like that's it. Yeah, but th- so maybe it'd be good. They pro- they might need that room. <laughs> and the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing is, if it's a case where he's like, she's gonna have to live with us. If that's the case, then you have to seriously consider. You're going to the credit union. And getting somewhere like a granny flat. You're getting a shomra. Yeah. Built out the back. Yeah. The fanciest shed that you can find. Yeah. And she's going into it. Mammy's going to the credit union. <laughs> Mammy's going to the credit union. <laughs> right because of the house there. Yeah, hello. Now, Mammy. Listen, that's the thing. You don't want to, you know. Just saying. No, no, you don't want to upset. inheritance coming. <laughs> you no, bide your you time. Don't want, you don't want her leaving it to the cat home. But I'm just yeah. saying. No, but what bide I'm saying. Bide your time. Have a look at poisoning videos on YouTube. <laughs> Ange, I'm just going to say this to you 100%. And Ange and sisters, right? Yes. You are hormonally up to the left. Gro don't quite understand this, although he is hormonally charged at times. But, you know, after having kids and two so close together, I know I had my two the same. I would say I didn't fit my skin for about a year after I had Tom, right? Because my youngest, right? Because your hormones have been thrown up to the left twice in a row. Okay. And so you're still not settled and you're dealing with the loss. You're probably... Trying to be extra kind to your husband. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not, it's not. I'm not sure the loss is a factor for Ange. No, at this point for Ange, we're going, what about me? Yes. And actually you're within and you feel guilty for it because, oh, this terrible thing has happened. And it is a terrible thing, but it does nobody any service for you to sit there and go, I'm just going to let this happen. Exactly. Certainly not you and certainly not your kids. And the other thing is, and I always feel very grim saying this because I think I've said it before when we talk about people dying on this thing. He's not going to be the last... <laughs> on this wonderful show. <laughs> he, he's not going to be the last person that dies. No. Every single relationship that you're in, somebody dies. <laughs> That's the way they work. The odds are not in my favour here. But yeah, I no, know. I, I know. Mean, your funeral will be incredible, Niamh. Incredible. High notes the, everywhere. Oh, but listen, I, everyone <laughs> will be doing the high notes. <laughs> I'll do better the devil you know as the, as the funeral as the coffin is wheeled out. Pardon me. Better the devil. <laughs> devil. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Baby, <laughs> no, you're in tune now. <laughs> the pressure's off. Where was that a week ago? <laughs> Sorry, we're off the case here, Ange. But like, it's true. Death is in fact a life. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that you have to, you have to, to taper how you deal with it. Because yeah. I'm only saying this because I deal with death very badly. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not good. Like I'm, I go to pieces for a lot, like long periods of time. I know, it's very difficult. <laughs> but, but grief is, you can't predict how grief is going to affect you. No. And, and you think you know how you're going to deal with things, but every death is different and every yeah. situation is different. But right now you're in a whole mess of things happening in your house. All wonderful things, also sad things. And actually, in the long run, you don't want to lose the relationship that you clearly had with your mother-in-law, right? Of course. So the unfortunately, you're on the road to that. If if and your husband yeah. will be in an even worse situation than he is at the moment. He he's clearly either thinking everything is just fine or he's in avoidance. That's a good point. I think he is avoiding because I feel like the mother-in-law 
is staying there. Yeah. Because she hasn't, it's her being in the same house as her son is substituting something else that's not happening. Without a doubt. So like she it, feels that if she goes, she's like, I'll be on my own. I won't like, he, he might not drop in. He, where, maybe she doesn't feel close enough to her son to be away from him. Whereas if he was more attentive and more willing to talk to her about all of this stuff and more, a little bit more open, then maybe she'd be like, okay, I'm going to go. I know he'll, he'll come over. He'll ring me. We can talk about our feelings. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point, actually. Funny you should say that. I didn't really think of it from that point of view, but yeah, you're probably right. But I think the biggest problem for your mother-in-law is maybe she hasn't been on her own for maybe 40, 50 years. Yeah. And that's a long time to go back to an empty house. Yeah. Well, time to get a library card. And, you know, I feel for you big time, right? I'm going to tell you, it's time to look after yourself and do the best for you, your husband, your children and your mother-in-law. Have the first conversation, which is with your husband. Start with, I love you, but what the hell? Right, yeah. That's and that's where you start. Be yeah. honest about how you feel. Tell him that you love your mother-in-law, but this is very difficult for you and you're trying to adjust to being a mother yourself to two lovely children. And I think if you're constructive in what you say to him, I think that might open the door. Completely. Well, also, he owes you this. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, what's the plan? Yeah. No, there has to be a plan. Like, what, like 20 what, months is like enough. 20 months, that's, that is insane. Mm. Like, this is the conversation that, bear in mind, you should have been having at 12 weeks. Yeah. It, the problem is... Once now, a, she probably was having a baby and... There's a lot going on there. There was a lot going on. But at some point... I'm disappointed. At some point, you both... You both because I don't believe for one second he hasn't had this thought. But at some yeah. point, you both have separately thought to yourselves, what's going is on? she living with us? What's going on? And when you both had that conversation, even at, or when you both had that thought, even if it was at different times, you both decided not to have the conversation. And that's not good. No, because it's actually not what should be happening. No. You know, conversation is very important. You know how I feel about that. Of course, Neve. I'm always saying. I feel like a, give me your address. I'm gonna go over. Yeah, we should go. I, I, I swear to God, I feel like this is the sort of one that we we need know, to go. Yeah, we could go in and just say, Ange, where is she? Where, get the mother-in-law. <laughs> get the husband. Put the three of them in the room, you and we're just an gonna in, say, you can have an in-depth chat. Yeah, I can go upstairs, pack her case, and throw it in the back of her Morris <laughs> Minor. <laughs> I'll give them the Slay cushion, the cushion of speech. You know the one where you gave me, you can talk when you have the cushion. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm saying cushion. It could be anything. It can be a glass. Do you know what the other side of this is? <laughs> the gin of speech. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of this is, and this is something we haven't thought of. What? Oh. The other side of this is, is that the mother could be thinking, "I really want to go back to my own place." Well, she could be. But it's clear, but 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 clearly these people need me because they've just had a baby and, you know, he's lost his father and here I am helping out. Yeah. Because Ange is clearly, you know. Losing the plot. Losing the plot and fit to pull her hair out. <laughs> Not realising that the reason you're pulling her hair out, your hair out, is because she's there. But she could be like, I can't leave this woman. She's absolutely unstable. <laughs> she could be dying to go back to her house. Get herself a little boyfriend, join a bowls club. She like, could, she could, she could she, be all planned out ahead of her. She could be already online. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. She could be on Tinder. <laughs> she could be on the apps. We don't know. She could be upstairs Check on the apps. the apps. Check the apps. No, but seriously. <laughs> Part of me wants that to be true, but it's not. I know. <laughs> There's a great opportunity here for Ange and her mother-in-law to sit down and for you to say. I want to help you. I want to help you. It's not over. 
Oh, and it ain't over till it's over. How Babes. empowering would that be? You and your man-law hitting the bars. I know, and then <laughs> and then you'll be raging because you have no sitters. But <laughs> but you know, I think I think it'll be amazing, Ange, and I can't wait to hear how it turns. Yeah, out. because seventy is not old. No, oh, no. no. Hello, the closer on. I get to it, the younger it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ange, I hope it works out. We hope this works out. And there, but do you know what the great thing about this is? Mm-hmm. There's great potential here. Huge. Huge. So don't look at it as a negative. Yeah, just start the ball rolling. You be the instigator. And do you know what? You could end up with a real ally. Because you're just going to give her the little push she needs. Yeah. And if if that doesn't work, give her the push that she deserves. (laughs) (laughs) Maeve, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Always. I absolutely love it. And you know... I love the fact that we're, you know, people, when they subscribe to us, they support us. Yes. And thank you very much because we've had a lot of new subscribers. Um, because? We've decided what we're doing is because we've been talking about this. Everything is going to start on the 100th episode. Because I can't believe we're going to be 100. I know. We are. This is episode 96, I think. Wow. So, um, yeah. So from episode 100, there'll be a few for, like format changes. The bonus show is going to be launched. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. I'm kind of excited. A hundred year, a hundred shows. I mean, I can't believe that we. When we started this, we said we'll see how we we'll go. It's like this will be six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> six weeks. I leave. Neve will continue with Linda Martin. I know, and you know the thing is, when subscribers, oh, if you continue with Linda Martin, that would be dynamite. <gasps> In what way? I just think it would be a great show. God. I'd say it'd be absolute chaos. Chaos. It'd be brilliant. It's been wonderful to talk to you. You can subscribe to us on Headstuff Plus. We would appreciate. Every little piece of it. Yeah. Uh, and thank you to everyone that has subscribed. Yes. Agonyrants at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. We would love your problems and your follow-ups and your stories. Yeah. We just want to hear from you. And we will chat to you next week. Looking forward to it. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.